The caves of the Caribbean are home to a slick bird that thinks it's a bat. Deep in these midnight caverns, shining and unwelcome light will be met with the anguished screeches of the little devil known as the oil bird. But how does this bird navigate in the pitch black to find its favorite tasty fruit? Well, it all comes down to having the right tools for the job here in life, death, and taxonomy. Death and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal info. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. No delay there. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of this theme song. To our theme. Of our theme song. I have a different place. Got the yips. Uh, to hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube or Spotify. And thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork. To check that out, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter or visit us at our home on the web at ldtaxonomy.com. And a very special thank you to our patrons, too. Tristan Taylor, Jesse Raspolich, Carol Raspolich, and Richard Kaspar. Thank you so much for your support. It's greatly appreciated. Thanks for helping us keep the lights on. And today we're talking about a bat, I mean a bird. But more on that later. Good catch. (laughs) I didn't write that right here. (laughs) Um, if you're listening to this only and you are wondering why it sounds different. Bad? Not bad, just different. <laughs> Less able to hear it crisply. Why is yeah, why is the quality dipped so much? We're in the same place, we're using one microphone that is not meant to be used by two people. Like I subscribe on Patreon, they're supposed to afford this stuff. Well, at least if you're on Patreon. Well, no, if anyone can read our lips by going to YouTube. <laughs> can read our lips if you can't hear this. Um, but yeah, we're, we're in the same space. Second time within, within 12 months. That's true. Because we did this back in September, and I've struggled to find a way to make this work on my desk. <laughs> but we're... We're, we're here. It's just like the good old days where we uh, recorded with that Yeti microphone in a closet surrounded by your Gengar t-shirt. Yeah. And uh, instead of um, instead of a sword, the background is credentials. Yeah, you can see how qualified I am to talk about um, things I read on Wikipedia. Well, you, well, you're qualified to communicate. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I've got to be honest, like... A lot of what got me through school was things I read on Wikipedia. So I'm just, you know, <laughs> I got Wikipedia to thank for those uh, degrees of their not flexing. Um, yeah, what are, what are we talking about? We're talking about the oil bird. Delicious. And we're not talking about the one that Don soap <laughs> makes not an oil bird. <laughs> the the arms of the angel. The... <laughs> Um, yeah, the oil bird. It's also called the, uh, Diabloton. Diabloton? I don't know. Debutante? Yeah, it's the debutante. Uh, um, the, it's, well, what do you think Diablo, Diabloton means? Devil something? Yeah, you're right. It's a little devil. <laughs> <laughs> a little devil? Yeah. A little, little devil snack cake? It's the chocolate one? <laughs> little devil's food. <laughs> uh, yeah, little devil cakes. Um, 
but like instead of little Debbie, it's like Annabelle or something like that, a haunted doll thing. Oh, I thought you were thinking. I'm thinking of a cow, Annabelle. No, but Annabelle's like the name of that like evil doll, evil yeah. doll movie. Um, anyway, it's so it's that's French for little devil because its cries apparently sound like someone being tortured. Uh, although I listened to quite a few recordings of its cry, and I would say it sounds like a mix between um, a pig squeal and a cat in heat. Huh. It's like a rah, 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 rah. It's like not necessarily someone being tortured. But you know, I I gotta be honest, outside of movies, I haven't I haven't, <laughs> you haven't heard a real one. Have not really been exposed to a lot of torture. Um also like when you shine a light at the oil bird, it's its eyes turn red because oh. it's got, because of the reflection, so it looks like a, a little devil. You hear I thought you were gonna say the whole world sees. <laughs> we're singing um but we're gonna call the oil bird here chubby chicks <laughs> which will make sense later and oil shrill oil shrill <laughs> <laughs> uh it's not subtle no not at all uh would you like to hear what uh, science has to call it yes i would yeah there, there's another like what's guarcho guarcharo is another locally known as Guacharo? Yeah, I couldn't find the definition for that. I just wanted to go with the one, like, um, localized, the one international language one. I chose the French one because I had a, like, this is why. But the other ones are, um, like, indigenous hmm. names for it as well. Okay, well, what's the indigenous name that science uses? Indigenous to the, the earth? Yeah. Uh... It's in the kingdom you know you are in and you have an affection for the kingdom animalia. It's in the it's in the five. I I did not mean to to choose some of the more diff, most difficult uh, taxonomy words for this one, but it looks like you got you got landed with it. So well, the the phylum is chordata. So far, so good. Mm -hmm. The class is aves. You probably could have guessed that by now. The clade is. Strisores? Strisores? Ricola? Strisores? Um, the order? Here we go. There's a lot of syllables in this. Mm -hmm. Steatornithiformes. Steatornithiformes. Steatornithiformes, yeah. Uh, and the family is Steatornithidae. Steatornithidae. Yeah, yeah, that's that one's that one rolls off the tongue a little easier. At least there's not like strange vowel combinations in this. The E and A, there's an E and A, uh, in the stea, and then there's an A and E at the end with the A, like yeah, stea tornithidae. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they just needed two eyes in there to make it just. Mwah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the genus is stea stea to which it means fat bird. Good. <laughs> Which I mean, since I'm telling you this, obviously, yeah, we're not doing nitty gritty nomenclature, and hopefully, uh, it doesn't. We don't lose this. Yeah. Um, and then the species is, uh, the binomial name is Steatornis carapensis. Didn't we? That sounds familiar, carapensis. It oh. doesn't to me. Hmm, 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 hmm. Um. 
Yeah, so fat bird something else. <laughs> but since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show, Critter Groups. The part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question. And that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal? Or what is the term of entry? Or what is the collective noun? It's three ways to ask the same question. If you saw a group of oil birds, would you say it's A, an echo of oil birds? B, a cannondale of oil birds? C, a pinch of oil birds? Or D, a slick of oil birds? Um... A slick is great, but that's really on the nose. Well, give me the, the first two again. Echo and Cannondale. Cannondale? I can look you in the eye. Yeah, I know. Now you can bring <laughs> my face. <laughs> I'm going with Cannondale. Uh, is that your final answer? Yeah. You are incorrect. Butts. I etched my beard because I was I had an itchy beard. Um, and it, w it wasn't a sign of that that was the right answer. Uh, the answer is echo. It's an echo. Nah, that doesn't was, I was going to say slick. That was where my heart was going. I don't know why I thought of Cannondale. I thought, now that I think about it, I th isn't that a, a camera? No, that's just Cannon. So I don't know what Cannondale is. It just came to my, my mind. I put it in there. Um, this looks pretty good. Guess who um, is credited with having first described this bird? Um, Thaddeus J. Oil. No. Alexander Von Humboldt. Guess what else? Ah, that sounds familiar. He Episode also one. is credited with uh, first describing the Humboldt squid. Yeah. Which Man. First episode. Go back in time and just be the person that first describes things. Yeah. I, I can't imagine it's that lucrative of no <laughs> of it's just for posterity it's but it's it's in that tr it's in that like western treasure hunting exploring era where it's just like let's go to the farthest corners of the earth and discover things and that's a squid put my name down on it <laughs> but yeah um it's on you now it is would you like to have it described to you? Yeah. What does an oil bird look like? Well, they're relative, uh, they're related uh, and shaped like night jars. Um, if you know what a night jar is, it's kind of a similar shape. You keep cookies in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the night jar. We, if you can't have any in the night, night, we put it in the day jar when we. <laughs> For we have a night jar and a day jar for cookies in our house. <laughs> uh, they sit horizontally and uh, often sit with their bellies on the, on a surface rather than upright. So, like, it sort of has a, a night jar mixed with a parrot look. Um, but it doesn't sit, like, up, you know, vertically like a, like a parrot does. It's like a horizontal bird. It's a belly bird. Yeah, a belly bird. Uh, they have whiskers around their beaks called rictal, R-I-C-T-A-L, rictal bristles. They're very mustachioed. Yeah. They're like walruses. Um, and I can imagine what that might be for, um, considering the facts later on. Um, 
like many night birds, the oil bird has soft feathers to help them fly more silently. But Wikipedia said not as soft as owls. So don't like get too excited. Yeah, I know that everyone knows exactly how soft an owl's feathers are. <laughs> don't it's not that bad. <laughs> I mean it, it's not like it, it it's it's not jergen soft. If you touched an owl and you're looking forward to another owl like experience when you touch a Oil bird? It's not going to be like It's that. not Jurgens. It's pert and popular. That's, <laughs> that's, just bring, bring that right back. Um, but the reason is because owls need to sneak up on prey in the middle of the night. So they need to be dead silent. Um, so their feather, feather softness helps them fly quietly. But night uh, oil birds are not in the same business. So they don't need the same equipment. Um its head and wings are mainly reddish brown with white spots. Uh, lower parts of their body are cinnamon colored, which mm. that sounds like reddish brown to me. I don't know what the difference is. Um, with uh, white diamond shaped spots that start small toward the throat and then get larger towards the back. Um, brown tail feathers are spotted with white on either side. So they're brown, white, and reddish in color um but what well, how big are they well that brings us to the measure up segment uh welcome to the measure up segment the official listener's favorite part of the show the part of the show we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family it's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send in yourself saying uh, singing or squawking like a tortured person uh, the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We do have a new measure up intro this week. Noise From Shayla. Do you remember who Shayla is? It's not Sheila. It's not Sheila. We talked about that. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Hi. Oh. <laughs> I've never heard such a quintessential soundboard-esque dog bark. <laughs> That's like what Gene Belcher plays on Bob's Burgers. It's just like Whoa. yes, yeah, yeah. That was the perfect bark. That was the that was the platonic ideal of a dog. Bark. Yeah, that's the Gerber baby of barks. <laughs> yeah. This is a baby, and this is a dog bark. <laughs> yeah. We've solved it. Uh, <laughs> Everything else is a deviation from this. <laughs> have you ever played the, uh, the Lion game? There's like a good Lion game if you have cell phone service. There's a good Lion game. Line, like if you're stuck in a line or if you're stuck, if you're waiting for something. Okay, it's a good game that you can play, where you somebody names a first name, and everyone has to guess who the the most like who the first person in a Google image search will show up. Oh, that is a good nine game. So, like, if you say Will, and everyone's like, Will Ferrell, or, you know, Will Arnett. Like, okay. You have to guess which one it is. Um, Probably it, a lot of questions starting with Will. Yeah. Like, so, like Will it pizza? Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's Google Images. So, it's not oh, yeah, just... Google. Um, it's just a bunch of pictures of Rhett and Link. <laughs> so, like, if you could Google what a bark looked like, or could sound like, like, if there was a... If there was a Google sound Google, search, Google sound search, yeah. this dog's bark would be uh, Shayla's bark. Yes, uh, that was sent Shayla's by Shayla's the dog. 
Or the person. Shayla is the dog. The dog belongs to Nora. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yes. Thank you, Nora. Uh, thank you so much. She's been putting the team on her back once again. Um, if you'd like to help Nora out, uh, Nora and Shayla out, send us a measure up intro at lbtaxonomy.gmail.com. And she gave us a lot of interesting facts about poodles, which we talked about in our uh, warm-up, if you want to go check that out, if you're a patron. Yeah. Um... So, let's get into it. Let's talk length. So, between 40 and 90 centimeters, or 16 to 19 inches. So, not a tiny bird. Not a small big, bird at all. Pretty big bird. So, how many oil birds go into the longest fully st stretched slinky? The longest slinky when fully stretched. Wow. Which is just a, just, just a cord of steel. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess they're made of steel. I really don't know what they're see, made of. See, like, fully stretched is misleading. Because technically, you could stretch this slinky out so that it is a cord of steel. Is that not what we're talking That's, about? No, I think you would have to, like, a slinky that you could stretch to the point of it, like, still being a slinky and not being destroyed. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I, I thought, when you said a fully stretched slinky, I imagined... Like in in Futurama, when Bender goes on like an a bending spree, like he bends in his sleep, he turns Zoidberg's slinky into just a rod of, <laughs> of, of metal. That's the opposite of bending. Yeah. Um, he, well, he unbends it. So like, I'll just give you like, it is the slinky's regular size doubled. This it's compressed size doubled. That's it. Yeah. I feel like I I could get a slinky that's this that's like four inches and then stretch that out like six feet. Oh yeah, this particular one because uh, the slinky was made by Alan W. Jesse in 2017 for an exhibit on late uh, on late 20th century toys. Um, oh, so it's a bad slinky. It's it's a it's a slinky from from the from the 1910 times. It's a, uh, no, no, no. Late 20th century would have been the 70s, 80s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was, late 20th century. Not and this was in 2017. So, um, but this slinky was four feet I, in diameter. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> four feet in diameter. This is a hula hoop. <laughs> and uh, 150 pounds. Okay. All right. So, the more information we get about this, the less... The less and also more odd it sounds. Like a slinky that can only go ha double its normal length? I mean, that's... I I was born in the late 20th century, and I had a <laughs> slinky that was better than that. Um, but if it's the size of a hula hoop, then that's a little different. Um, Nineteen inches. That's a, that's a lot. I'm going to say... Three. Three, final answer? Wait, wait. Wait, wait, no. This is a four foot. This thing's huge. Yeah. We... Uh, this is a toy? A 20th century toy? It's a slinky. It was made... It's a slinky you could kill someone with. <laughs> it's, it was an exhibit piece at, a, like, a, exhibit an exhibit on 20th century toys. 
So it's like a set piece. It's like in the lobby or whatever. Yeah, it's a slinky for Grop. Yeah, the big slinky. <laughs> it's a giant slinky. Hagrid's Hagrid's full giant brother. Um, <laughs> fine. Ten feet. I don't. Ten ten feet. What is that? What is that in oil birds? What, yeah. What is that in inches? Uh, six point three oil birds. Six point three. This is yeah, it's probably like a mile long slinky, but whatever. Six point three oil birds. This is a ten foot slinky. <laughs> Final answer. <laughs> yeah. Move that decimal decimal over one. Sixty three uh. oil birds. The slinky was fifty feet compressed and a hundred feet at full. This is not a toy. <laughs> it's a, not a toy. It's an exhibit piece. If it at came a toy to life exhibit. in a Pixar movie, it would murder the other toys. <laughs> it would be like a uh, Onyx. <laughs> it's Onyx. A Steelix. It's 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 that tra one Transformer that just sucks everything up and destroys it all. It's the one that's 50, 50 times bigger than all the other Transformers. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's an exhibit piece. Just picturing a like a mom from the eighties, like, and you said it was hot, like, <laughs> when you hey, Jimmy, to, do you want this one hundred and fifty pound, hundred foot long no slinky? It. No, it's not a for purchase. <laughs> when you go to Disney World to the Toy Story Land, there's giant toys everywhere. Yeah, there's they're toys. They're giant depictions of toys. So it's like this is what a slinky looked like. If you were a mouse. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. That's all it is. Um, <laughs> you don't have to purchase it. You don't have to have it in your house. I mean, you don't, you, have you ever had to purchase a slinky? Have you ever been in that like economic position? <laughs> you can't afford not to buy it. <laughs> it's so cheap. I went bankrupt because I didn't buy that massive slinky. <laughs> the very big slinky. It was a bull market for slinky. <laughs> it was... <laughs> Um, got got to buy low sell high when it comes to those slinkies, <laughs> those big big slinkies. Um, they're too big to fail. Uh, <laughs> it's too big to fail. They um, said that about the Titanic. They said that about big banks, and now they're saying that about slinkies. Uh, let's talk weight. They're between three hundred and fifty to four hundred and seventy grams, or twelve point three to sixteen point eight ounces. Okay. That's a thick bird. Yeah. Um, so how many... Full of oil. <laughs> how many... Big oil. How many oil birds go into the weight of the heaviest bardish? Do you know what a bardish is? Um, sounds seedy. Well, it's a... If, if, you, if you consider killing people seedy... It sure. is a weapon of war. It's a medieval polearm that is similar to a halberd, but it has no spear or hook. So you know how like a halberd is... You have like... been playing Elden Ring again. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, before I started playing Elden Ring again, we were on a, like a medieval, medieval weapon ring yeah. thing. Um, but it's like a big, giant, broad axe head on a stick. Like an executioner's thing? Yeah, sort of. Okay. But it's a long stick. Uh, here's a hint. The Bardiche was used in into the era of firearms. And the bare top, the fact that it's not a halberd with a spike at the end, the bare top made it useful for steadying your handguns. So you'd put it in, put it on the ground 
and put your handgun on it. Huh. And then pick it up and chop someone when instead of reloading. Yeah. Because who who has that kind of time exactly. on the battlefield? I have it's axe time. Yeah. <laughs> um. Usually. The le- the the weight of it. The weight of it. The. The heavier weight. There's multiple weights. The heavy end. I think this. we've shown how terrible I am at assessing the weight of uh, melee weapons. Or the weight of anything in general. Because they look heavy, but they, they're big hunks of metal. Axes are heavy, though. <laughs> True. Well. And the way you use them is, is because they have mass, which is different from a sword. True. True. Swords are cutting instruments but that's it's more because the mass is concentrated to one spot so like um an axe for chopping wood is actually quite heavy yeah but an axe for chopping heads might not be as heavy depends on how big the axe head is yeah and how big the head head is that needs to be chopped yeah it's true um i'm gonna say 15 Cause you just right you just spin in circles that's how you wield it right you just kind of hold it at the end and just just spin like a top and then whoever gets in your way just gets in your way mm-hmm. that seems like solid battlefield tactics <laughs> to me um oh i mean the answer is like 15 because <laughs> this thing weighs about a pound so okay final answer 15 yeah Correct answer is 8.5. Once again, I have drastically overestimated the weight of melee weapons. Uh, the, bar- the Bardish on the heavier end was 9 pounds. If it was 15 pounds, I see like a sledgehammer. That's what I'm, that's <laughs> yeah. what I'm feeling. But it's like, it's a sledgehammer isn't as long, so it's like balances out. So I have two hatchets. One of them is made for, like, cutting logs and wood. Um, And the other is made for, like, taking camping and putting on your belt. So you can cut logs and wood, I guess. Um, (laughs) Just less efficiently, but you can take it with you. Yeah, but the one that's, like... But that... It's got a... It's, like, a thin piece of metal with holes in the head. So that it's as light as possible. And you could probably throw this. Um, I mean, you could throw any of them, right? Yeah, yes. If you yeah. really wanted to. Yeah. Uh, you could throw it effectively in, in, at a distance. But, um, yeah, I mean, axe, if you're trying to carry something around all day, it can't be like, carry something around and swing it all day. Yeah, it's got to be light. Weapons are usually light. Yeah, that's why you just, you stand it up and you let it hold your pistol for a little while. And <laughs> you lean on it. You, you kind of hold it like, over your shoulders and drape your arms over it and then and then when it comes time to you know split someone's head open you just do the one and you're like okay that whew, that was a hard day's work but time if to, you're time mag- to rest on it marching again. marching into battle you need to split a lot of heads open yeah and you only need to split the head really right if it was 15 pounds like i need to get into this person's solar plexus <laughs> <laughs> gotta be practical with yeah. your uh, with your murder <laughs> um, let's talk fast facts before we get into the major fact. Uh, oil birds come from South America and the Caribbean. But I saw like a 
heat map for this one was mostly like a sliver in South America. So, um, really. So then, it's diet. It despite the fact that it's related to night jars and they're insectivores. Oil birds are fruit eaters and usually spend uh, and use especially adapted eyesight to forage for fruit at night. Um, and they particularly enjoy fruit of the oil palm. I wonder why. Palm oil. No. Probably something different. Uh, and uh, tropical laurels. You don't want to rest on those tropical laurels. Not ones to rest on their laurels. <laughs> they will retire to well, caves and live in colonies. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they, li they like to hang out in caves um, and cliffs and stuff. So we once thought that they literally never saw daylight because they would live in caves and then come out at night. But apparently they spend a lot of their time in nesting in trees. But when they're breeding, they go to they go to caves and uh, it's safer in a cave with a with a bunch of eggs. Um, so they'll they'll also nest in cliffs and crags as well. My favorite cavemen. Cliffs and crags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My favorite. Uh, I don't remember Crags Huxtable in in, <laughs> in, that, in, this, in the show. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, that's all I've got for that. Craig's Huxtable is definitely the one that sells them drugs. That does sound like a, uh, snake oil salesman's boost. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. I, I couldn't find a good name for this major fact. Uh, he, see no evil, hear all the evil. It is the devil bird. It's the little devil, so, you know. <laughs> um, so oil birds are unique in the fact that there are, they are nocturnal frugivorous birds. Frugivores, they eat fruit. Uh, and in fact, they are the largest nocturnal frugivorous birds capable of flight. <laughs> it's really easy to be the best. Yeah. It's a big fish in a little pond kind of thing. It's very specific. It's like I'm probably the only Carlos in Jacksonville that uh, lets the milk soak in his cereal a bit before eating. Like that's I'm I'm the I'm the only one. I'm the best. I don't know. I think that's probably like there, there could be like ten. Really? Uh, yeah. I feel like I'm the only person in the universe that does that. I thought it was like common practice, but like to like specifically enjoy a soggy cereal. Not soggy. Soggy Nelson. So <laughs> Soghorn leghorn. Yeah. Um not soggy, just just damp. I as soon as Moist. it touches moisture, it's damp. Yeah. So just like let it soak. Not no. not like Are sopping, you... but like get 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 the milk in there. If I wanted to eat dry cereal, crunchy cereal, I'd eat dry cereal and then drink milk. To chase it. But as soon as milk touches it for a, a millisecond, it's damp. No, it takes a little bit for it to soak in there. It's hydrophobic? No, so no. It, just, it just doesn't immediately saturate it. You, so you want the insides of it to be wet? Yeah, I want... I want. That's I, what I would consider soggy. No, no, no. Have you, have you ever <coughs> let cereal get to the point where it's... I've never had cereal, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you might be the only Joey. <laughs> yeah. I might be the only person. <laughs> that, uh, this is quite a superlative there. Uh, no, I've had cereal. 
I, I will do the thing where if you let it get if you if you leave it out for like ten minutes, that and that is to me soggy. Where it's like that's like it no longer homogenized. It no longer retains its shape. It is now one with the milk. No, uh, it, you're, you're you now have pulp pulpy milk. Yes, yeah. that's that's bad. I don't like that. But there 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 is like a, there's thirty seconds. You 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 pour the cereal, pour the milk, and I want it thirty seconds. I want all of the cereal to absorb the milk. And then I start oh. eating. See, I will pile it like a da- like a beaver dam to one side where there's like a like a pile um dry, and then I'll like slowly break down the dam. And as soon as it's wet, it's going in. I want it to be wet, cold, and crunchy. <laughs> See, <laughs> I don't understand if you if you if you want your if you want your cereal to remain dry. Pouring milk over it is just not the way to go. I gotta say. Well, I don't want it to be dry. I want it to be wet. Why don't you take like? Why don't you take a cup of milk, and then just kind of sp- sploosh it on every spoonful, then, or like take a sp- that's so much, so or much take work. a spoonful and just like bloop into the into your milk like a like a milk and cookies. You don't want your you don't want to if I want to eat my cookie and then have milk with it, but I'm not gonna like pour milk into my cookies. That's that's insane. Because I want the heat death of the bowl. I need everything to be the same temperature. I like the cold milk to. <laughs> <laughs> the inevitable heat death of the bowl. <laughs> so that's what I want. See, I want I, cold and crunchy. I think it's uh, yeah. It's Captain Crunch, not Captain Mush. <laughs> no, I don't like Captain Mush. <laughs> <laughs> either he's uh he's the worst at parties but um i just i'll never understand the logic of like okay i've poured my cereal and i have t minus 15 seconds to eat all of this cereal after that's i've poured what, the milk that's where the dam is for. <laughs> but now now you're now you have logistics involved i love it it's a process <laughs> now now you have like land developments and uh, and engineering yeah. Um, and all I'm tr- trying to do is just get eat a bowl of cereal. So, like, I have this window between, like, 30 seconds and, you know, like, seven minutes where I can eat the cereal and enjoy it. You, however, have up to 30 seconds <laughs> to enjoy that cereal. No, the, you the, are damn, on a timer. the damn works. The yeah, damn works. Yeah, but you're doing engineering. This is work now. It's great. But that makes sense. I mean, if, if cereal was work... I would eat less of it. And I should eat less of it. It's not that great for you. <laughs> but I also like we'll have ten bowls of it, but because I'm like pouring it a little at a time. Ten that what is that your full time job? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's take you six hours to eat ten bowls of, of, of cereal at that rate. That would be an incredible job. <laughs> that that would be the best job. As long as you could uh, work off those calories. Anyway, we are so far off the beaten path here people are hating this um oil birds because they live in caves and primarily come out at night they often work in low light conditions don't even get hazard pay to help them uh they have pretty incredible tools for a bird it's common in other species but for or in classes but for birds this is kind of unique for one they have eyes that can gather more light than those of any other bird um, they have extremely large pupils compared to their eye size. So, like, they're they're anime. They're like, wh- when an anime character sees something that's cute, and their pupils just become their eyes. That's this bird. Like, they no longer have like an iris with pupils inside. It's just 
it's, it's just a one giant hole for light to get in there. it's an abyss yeah for light. Um, Light Abyss is my f- is my favorite anime. Um, there, so, and they also have a very high density of rods um, in their retinas, which is similar to how a deep sea fish, the eyes of a deep sea fish would work, um, but not very similar to how anyone, uh, mammals or uh, birds would normally work. They actually have a million rods per square millimeter in their retinas wow. um, which are which are special uh light sensitive cells humans have 150,000 so they were nine times they we see nine times less light than they do huh. um and cats which notoriously have very good night vision uh have about 350 to 400,000 um rods in their retinas so still more than more than double the night vision of cats wow cats are basically blind basically useless in the dark yes <laughs> um but they have pretty low cone counts which means that they don't see color very well and they don't see resolution very well so humans and cats have them on that on that count for sure um but they don't need to <laughs> because they don't have to chase their food they eat fruit but they don't know which fruit they're eating. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's just this. It was this green puffball. That's really all I. Was, not even green. It was this light gray puffball that I ate, and uh, I think, I think I might be dying, Stan. <laughs> Stan the oil bird. Um, but they can also hunt by sound and not by sight. I was trying to like make a pun on like a, a rhyming pun with faith. Uh, and then I realized that there's almost no words that are perfect rhymes with faith. Wraith. Would would you be okay, would you, would you have thought it was funny if I said hunt by wraith and not by sight? <laughs> <laughs> it was like okay, where's how's how do ghosts fa- factor into this oil birds hunting or um, eating? Um, that's 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 pretty much it. I looked on. The, Let's give a good slant rhyme. Thesaurus.com, and one of the one of the rhymes for faith is interfaith. <laughs> <laughs> no, that doesn't count. Um, not by grape, not by sight. But it doesn't work. We're talking about sound here. Talking about fruit as well. <clears throat> not grapes, probably. So the thing that makes oil birds truly unique among their other avian brethren is their ability to echolocate. Like other animals that echolocate, like bats and dolphins, they can emit a series of uh clicks and listen for the echo to determine how close they are to trees fruit cave walls not really problems for dolphins <laughs> but, <laughs> cave but, walls uh, yeah cave walls um but it's not as um it's not sophisticated it's not as complex as what dolphins have because we've talked about dolphin echolocation and they have this thing called a melon Mm-hmm. which is this organ in their heads that allows them to both focus and amplify sound and then also it's processed through the melon so that they can they can uh, very accurately determine objects details about objects from far away using their echolocation uh, oil birds don't have that they they're looking for fruit they don't already have a fruit and looking for fish melon, oh, melon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was trying to put this in a way that didn't say they use their melons to focus. <laughs> um, so the um, 
the oil bird uses mid frequency like definitely audible by humans um kind of uh clicks and then they listen for the echoes they don't know exactly what role that the whiskers play in this but uh researchers theorize that they play some sort of role um that well <clears throat> animals that like they have whiskers hang out in the dark like a a cat and walruses <laughs> yeah <laughs> well uh and charles darwin and we'll have their and uh, ron swanson they, their whiskers help them like feel around in the dark when they're a face forward animal yeah so i guess in the cave in their nest moving around it helps them move around or when they're in a branch eating a fruit and tickling around to find the fruit you got to tickle around uh <laughs> with nothing but your whiskers yeah if you're gonna if you're gonna find fruit yeah they can't see the color so they got to tickle it to see mm-hmm. yeah uh just rub your face up against that and you're like that's a that's, that's got the tickle of an orange that's that, that's an orange <laughs> i don't need to see that to know that that's an orange uh i just need to put my hair on it um but they they theorize that it helps them with the echolocation vibrations something like that but they they haven't uh tested it um but for the most part they they hear they listen for the the echo of the actual echo that like we would but they're just very tuned to it mm -hmm. um so uh that's what helps them get around um they are the only birds that use echolocation outside of a few species of swifts and apparently they don't have enough oil or mustaches to be interesting um and yeah that's 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 all i got it's a bird that basically um is like a bat it lives in a cave, it comes out at night, it echolocates. Did you talk about the fact that... <laughs> so we're not just going to leave the fact that I said chubby chicks at the beginning of this episode, just hang in there. Um, the fact that their chicks are um, way more than they do as adults. Because they overfeed their chicks <laughs> before they can fly. Yeah, but then they have to go on a diet to get in the sky. I don't, I don't know exactly what the process is for, for being able to fly, but the chicks are, uh, are, are fatter than the, the, the adults. You get it to be like 21 ounces or something like that, where adults are 17. Honey, I blew up the kid. Yeah. It's a, it's a Rick Moranis movie. <laughs> um, but also the, they do have a lot of oil in their, in their skin. Um, and they're called oil birds because, uh, people would boil the chicks really to get oil out of them boil them to get oil and they eat oil palm fruit yeah so then is the palm named after the bird maybe or does the does the fruit contain a lot of oil and that's why they have a lot of oil but then it's like why not just go to the fruit right why go through the hassle of boiling a chick <laughs> <laughs> um Maybe it's processed in a certain way. But oil. The oil is used by food manufacturing in beauty products and, and as palm. Palm oil accounted for thirty-three percent of It's okay. Yeah, it's an oily food. 
Yeah. It's an oily burn. Yeah. So that's all I got. You got anything else? That's all I got. Alright, for you out there in podcast, yeah, that was the oil bird. Find a comfy cave, nestle in tight, and click your way to a better meal like the oil bird here in life. Hey Taxonomy Titans, I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shoutouts on the show. But ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow. So if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening and engaging. podcast <laughs> goodbye have a beautiful time <laughs> remember god loves you but god made what what do you say god made you special and he loves you very much goodbye is that, that veggie tales that's a veggie tale sign off yeah